Hello and welcome to the N17 podcast. My name is Cosmo and tonight I'm joined by Eddie. Good evening. And I'm joined by Aaron. Evening. How are we doing tonight, boys? Always nice to record after a good Spurs performance. What, compared to last week? I mean, <laughs> last week Wait. the mood was just <laughs> diabolical, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Recording straight after the game as well. We we were we were just we were on the floor. But to be fair, the feedback I got, people said that we weren't being super negative. Uh, I think it's because we released it with a disclaimer, as if like we were just saying <laughs> <laughs> we were releasing it as if we said on the pod, like, can we take Son round the corner and put him down like George did? <laughs> like, yeah. like George Lenny. Obviously I mean, we weren't saying that. I mean I, I said that about a certain player in the in the group chat. So, and um, that that certain player got into Alan Shearer's team of the week. I, I noticed as well. So you're of differing differing opinions to that man. Really, really. Yeah, he was. He was. Maybe we'll come on to that later. But yeah, let's chat. Let's chat about the Fulham game. Much improved performance, and um, there is a temptation to get your doubt over it and just say, "Yeah, the boys. The boys tried. They worked hard." Um, which that that's Roy Keane's analysis, by the way. Did you uh, see? That's Roy Keane's analysis for every yeah. for every match. The team that won tried harder. Yeah, but I think in in this instance it might be true. Anyway, let's get a bit tactical. Um, I think Romero and Longley coming in that 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 really helps things. Um, it was nice, obviously, to even have Romero in there, but then to have Longley on the other side to have two ball playing uh, centre backs, I think it really just helped us transition from the defence uh, to the midfield. And then ultimately to the attack. Eddie, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think you've essentially pointed out maybe some of the biggest um, changes from the game at West Ham. Um, we can talk about Sanchez as a very decent backup to Romero. And I think that would be fair to say in terms of defensively, I think he does get the job done if Romero is not available. Um, but as we said on Wednesday, um, we just lose so much when Romero's out the side in terms of ball progression. It seems that Sanchez is very much allergic to to playing forwards or to playing any kind of aggressive passes or even just to be trying to step out of defence. Um, I do think this two is twofold that that problem. Um, the first one being that he's not very good at it, and as a player, you know your limitations. And then second of all, he's probably instructed just to keep it simple and to put the ball out when he's in danger. And then sometimes you scratch your head or maybe even pull your hair out thinking, why has he kicked it? Why has he, why has he tumped it out when, uh, when there was an opportunity for some progression? Um, and so Romero coming in is a massive change. Um, he brings that calmness. He brings that um, advent, adventure on the ball. He's, he's comfortable and stepping out. Um, and sometimes we see him in like attacking positions. I always get really confused when I see the number seventeen like, on the edge of on the edge of their box. Um, and then on, on the other side, um, again, we were quite critical of Ben Davies um, over the last couple of games, not really hitting the levels that he was hitting last season. Um, and Longley stepping in, probably mostly to do with um, rotation. Obviously, we've got the game. Uh, on Wednesday against Marseille. Um, But also, I I think that if you're looking at Ben Davis's performances, perhaps you would look to see if maybe Longley can step in there and show what he's about. And obviously, 
as an as in from a defensive standpoint, maybe not tested like he otherwise would, um, even perhaps against West Ham. But he seemed again once once more very comfortable on the ball, um, stepping out, being aggressive, but also having the wherewithal to put to to make a, a decent pass. Um, and obviously, we'll talk about it later. Especially, you know, that kind of that forward pass into Richarlison, which then uh, created chances to something that Ben Davies hasn't done this season. So, yeah, two very big changes, I think, in the way that we were playing as opposed to Wednesday against West Ham. Yeah, definitely. And I do feel like it's spread out through the whole team. Um, two people in particular that I think were the beneficiaries of that were Benton Kaur and Hoybier. Um I said in the chat at the time, I feel like they they both were on like 10-10 performances. For me, Ben Tancor is just a player that I love to watch. He's so silky, he's so good at getting the ball under pressure and then finding a pass uh, straight away. I thought he was amazing. And he he did show why Conte said that like Basuma is quite a way behind both of them. Aaron, chief of the Hoivier fan club. Uh, I'm gonna give you gonna give you your your moment to uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back I'm gonna come back to Hoivier actually because going back to, to Bentacle, we just we know that he's he's silky. Under pressure, he'll, he'll he'll drop a little shoulder, a little turn, and he'll just calmly pass it to someone that's open. And I think the reason that his performance against Fulham is is so highlighted is that Basuma had a bit of a, a bit of a misfire against West Ham. I think we we recognised in the in the chat that the yellow card probably shook him a little bit early doors for his his drop in throwing the ball away is just such an unnecessary yellow card to pick up, and he, he never he never really got into the game. Lots of missed passes. When he did get the ball, he was just playing it back to the centre-backs. He, he never really got his head into the game. And I think that it was very a very easy decision for Conte to take him back out again. As as he mentioned, that he is away behind the the other two at the moment in Hoybier and uh, Bentenkur. And I think it was an opportunity for him to really try and put his name onto the position. And he, and he didn't take the opportunity, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I'm absolutely a, a Hoybier stan, and I will, I will say that with my chest. I'm a, I'm a very happy boy. Um, we're in I, put, I, got, at the I got some slander from from yeah, some of the we're in the, at the moment. In the chat, you've been proven right. Um, you've been proven right. But I, I, the thing is, it's not even his goal scoring that I was saying it for. Which two two in a couple of games is is outstanding for him. Um, but it's 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 the it's the dirty work and and the chat. And he knows his limitations as well. Has anyone seen him play a pass with his left foot? Because you haven't, because he doesn't <laughs> do it. Like, it's not a progressive pass of his left foot anyway. Um, but I think it's, it, he kind of gives me, in a, in a weird way, like Gary Neville vibes, in that he knows yeah, no. he's not the most talented player. So mm. he does everything else more. Like, he works harder. He He's more vocal. He's a leader. Because he knows that he's not, overly gifted obviously he's got to be gifted to be starting in a Premier League team but he's not an outstanding world-class player with te- with gift like Ndombele gifts that he's just wasted gone and scored absolute absolute belters for, for Napoli and then he's just probably driven past Pizzeria on his way home and had those calzones <laughs> True. I but, don't think Naples is a good place for him to be I've, I've never even thought <laughs> no. of that before Hoybier, I think things really they really came into focus when there was that rumour that he might go to Real Madrid. And I think even mm-hmm. the Hoybier haters were like, ah, he is good. Or 
if not good, he's at least worth having in the team because he's a leader. And, and, and those people, they're so vital. I feel like as fans, we actually forget how... how I think we forget the, the motivation of elite sportsmen at times. And we forget the fact that it takes so much to be switched on all the time. And all of these guys are just... They're so motivated. All they care about is winning. All they care about is their performance. But to have someone that can actually lead a bunch of those people, that's very rare. And I think Hoybier really gives that to us. And I think when it was so late in the window and when there was that chance of him going, albeit for decent money, I think everyone was like, it's actually, it's not worth losing those qualities um, at all. I've seen some shouts uh, of people saying that Hoybier has been our player of the season so far. Um, this, this is the thing. Why is it not Kane? Yeah, he's exactly. never given it to Kane. Exactly. This is this is ridiculous. He, Kane's yeah, never always, got it. It's always someone that's not Kane, isn't it? Yeah, and this this is is a he's a victim of his own success because he's quite clearly having the best season out of all of them. But we're giving it to to um, Hoybier because we just expect it from Kane. This this is that's, oh. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? That's true. Yeah, I mean, like, when you look at the Spurs player of the season awards, like, voted for by the fans, like, he never gets it, even when he's clearly been the best player. Why Why do we think that is? Do you think, like, Tottenham as a fan base just aren't really up for, like, eulogising over, like, one guy? Like, maybe how Arsenal did with Henri or, like... I'm, I'm I, just, I think I think there's a... Think I it think it comes from? I think it's because we hear it from everyone else. Like, think about all the seasons where where we were classed as potentially a one-man team. You see Pep saying, oh, the Harry Kane team, this, that, and the other. Obviously, this is going quite far back, but I think everyone recognises that Kane is probably the best player at the club, probably the most consistent player at the club, and probably, you know, the, the player that most fans love. And but he's recognised why you know, widely, maybe not eulogised as much by the the media as much as other fans might think he is. But he's captain of, of the England team. He's he's probably going to be the greatest English goal scorer of all time in his career. He's probably going to be Tottenham's, uh, one, Tottenham's one of, if not the greatest goal scorers in, in, in Tottenham's um, history. And what's, you know, a player of the season... Or stat compared to the achievements that he will get over his career, I think Tottenham fans recognise that he will always be the best player at the club, mm. and so, uh, you know, giving the plaudits to players who have performed to his level in those seasons is more of a is is more of a compliment to 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 the player that's winning it than to Kane. That's that's my opinion. I think that's the way people think. Um, and he, you know, was proving his quality again this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people came away from that game and they're like, oh, yeah, he hasn't really had his best game. And then someone put together a highlight package on Twitter where he looks like a world-class player. Like, if that was like a Galactico in 2006, you'd be like, wow, what are the great performances? But like, we don't even notice it. That's the crazy thing. We don't even notice it. Aaron, I cut you off there. What, what were you going to say? That's right. I've just done a little bit of research and my, my outburst was a little bit wrong he has actually won it twice but even even so even that is conservative to be fair even so since his first one which was in 2015 Alderweireld won it Ericsson won it Vertonghen 
two Hyungmin Sun, Harry Kane again, and then Hyungmin Sun again. So Sonny's got three. And Kane's only got two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I knew you were going to say Son. Uh, I, I thought maybe he'd only got like two. Um, but there was one year when Son won it, and it was just, I think everyone was like, this is ridiculous. Like, compared to what Kane had done that season, it was like, not undeserved because because I love Sonny. Like, I absolutely love Sonny. Um, I'm probably Aaron would say you're you're like the chairman of, of the Kane fan club. I'm probably the the son sexual of the podcast, but <laughs> like it, Kane is better. He he just is better. But it's weird because even now, like my love, my undying love has just been transferred onto Richarlison now. I, I, and I almost feel like I don't adore <laughs> Kane in the way that I should. Whereas there's this mad bastard who's going around with Looney Tunes tattoos, making mad faces as he's trying to head the ball off the floor. <laughs> that's what I love. But I, I can't... Like, Why don't I love the best player that's ever played for Tottenham? Well, well, Cosmo, Cosmo, here's the thing, though. You, the, the players <laughs> that you've loved over the years, Benoit Siakoto, Lamella, Richardson. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to do me dirty there. there. Because I, I defend Sandra. I love Sandra. I love Sandra. It's your love. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to do me dirty to mention Sissoko, though, because Sissoko stood up for him a bit, probably a bit too much as well. So, <laughs> so when, yeah. when he was when he was banging it for for Watford for about three games, you're just like, oh, he's back. <laughs> we made a mistake. <laughs> we made a mistake here. We made a mistake. Could have sorted out our right back crisis. <laughs> I do think that. I do think that, like, unlike maybe Bale, who kind of exploded onto the scene and then quickly moved on, um, uh, and with like the same as some other players like Modric, um, and then Van der Vaart, obviously his flame just started to dim a bit, and Berbatov. We're talking about some of the best players that have passed through our club. They've kind of, their legacy has either been, like, we kept them for as long as we could, and then they moved on, or they... Yeah, their their fire or their flame just start to dim a bit, and then we, like their legacy was kind of tarnished by by the time they left Tottenham or by the time you know their careers were over at Spurs, um, and we just haven't seen that from Kane yet since he's exploded onto the onto the team. He's been Mister Consistent. He's been he's been that kind of that person that's you know football's turned into much more of a mercenary sport, but you still feel that Kane has got that old school kind of. Uh, that old school attitude to to playing football, even when he has been flirting with other clubs, even when he has been trying to sell his booty on the on the market. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you, know, you mentioned that there because I thought yeah. that was completely being airbrushed out of history. No, no, as, as we do as as fans, you know, as we want. Yeah, to do, and I'm not gonna, simple. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna forget that. And those were torrid times. We were really upset when that was happening. But that's what I'm saying is part of the evolution of football has become such a much more of a mercenary uh, sport that even players that are Kane that do have that old school mentality will still, you know, have to play the game as it were. Um, and so I do think that because he's been so, you know, so, like his success and the clubs, you know, you can say success are so it's like a, it's, it's their, their parallel because we really did start to improve um, when he did come into the side and that trajectory is just, it's been an upward trajectory and it's, it's just coalesced or coincided, sorry, with, um, with Kane's upward trajectory in his career. 
So once he does leave the club, well, not leave the club, maybe he'll retire at the club. Once his career is over, we will look back and probably think, you know, he's he's one of the, one of the, if not the best player that we've ever seen. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I know it gets said a lot, it's a stick to be us with, but I just, I need to have that photo of him with a trophy soon. Like, it has to happen before he goes. It has to happen. Even Lloris. is another oh, one for yeah. me that I want to see him with a trophy. So much. 100%. And Hoybier actually mentioned that in the um, the interview that he did with Spurs Play. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Spurs oh, Play. Club, club Media, yeah. Um, yeah, he said <laughs> they want to get a trophy for, for Lloris. And um, he, he banged on about Richarlison. Should we do Richarlison now? I mean, I, I spoke about him a little bit. This guy is just, I, I, I'm head over heels in love with Richarlison, man. Like, I, I've never instantly really loved a player as much as I love Richarlison because well, it's, it's not even a rational thing, you know? Like, sometimes it's just, there's just so much about him that, that I think is quality. I think the hard work off the ball, the fact that he's he's always trying things, he's always pressing. Um, yeah, just his general demeanour. But like, I think one thing which surprised me a little um, was going into the game, seeing him on the right of the three when Kulisevsky has kind of acted as a auxiliary 10 for us, was the fact that I didn't see where the link was going to be between midfield and attack. And Richarlison actually did that really well. Um, and something I've heard from other podcasts as well is that I think he also brought the best out of Son a little bit because I think Sonny has kind of mirrored what he was doing in terms of effort. And I, I think that's almost what was holding Sonny back a little bit in the first few games was he just looked within himself. And I think he's kind of looked across to the other flank. He's probably scared of getting replaced as well. And um, he's kind of, yeah, he's he's implemented what Richarlison was doing uh, into his own game. So he looks a lot better. I've kind of set up two points there, um, Richarlison and Son. But Aaron, what do you make of Richarlison? I think regardless of the of the technical ability that it that is clearly there, the, the outside of the foot assist for, for Kane, his, his first assist of, of two, um, was was outrageous. Like, if Kevin De Bruyne does that, we're talking, we're, there's a three-part documentary on it. But, like, it, w- it was outrageous. And I don't think it's been spoken about enough. But something that really adds to him, as in adds to Richarlison, is the, the fact that everyone else hates him. Mm. Just makes us love him even more. That's a huge element of it, yeah. Yeah. The the fact that he's ours and everyone hates him, that that's that's the sign that if you know that you hate a player from another club, you know you know that he's he's half decent or he'll turn up against you. When the entire footballing media has a, a six day media story because he did two kick ups, <laughs> like that that he he's got them wound around his little finger. And he's out, out on Twitter telling people to cry more. Telling the ex-pros to to do one like it's brilliant. And, and did anyone mention that Anthony did some rubbish little step overs yeah. to, to no one? I, that's a good comparison, no. man. Because yeah, no, like, no he did that. nothing. No, and his like it wasn't even a step over. He was just dangling his foot uh, above the ball, like quite quite clearly what is showboating or whatever it was. But no, because it's United's. Nine hundred million pound player, whatever it is, like no one, no one says anything. Um, I, think, I, know, I, I, I would like to see 
to see Richardson get a, a few more starts. Obviously, he has been, he's been knocking on the door, and I think Conte's been right to be reserved to him. I, I do think, unlike some other people, that, that Son has bought himself a little bit of time. Obviously, the, I said in the chat the the golden boot credit that he's got in the got in the bank, and I was more than happy for for Son to keep playing his way through. I feel a bit harsh for Kulisevsky to get the drop, but I think Richardson's trying to who was playing his way into the team. And I was happy with the lineup that was against Fulham. Um, but I do think, yeah, we'll come on to Marseille in a minute. But uh, I think that I'm happy to see Richarlison getting getting those more starts. I think every Spurs fan is. I think I think the interesting thing for me, um, and you did pick this up, Cosmo, was that when we were talking about Richarlison coming in for this game, um, we thought Richarlison for Son was the logical Thing because we saw that sub happening in games and just starting Richarlison from the left from the start would make sense because Kulisevsky, like you said, kind of plays like a winger, but also as a 10, um, he does occupy that kind of creative space. Um, and the, the, um, the qualities that we associate with Kulisevsky in terms of that powerful run-in um, the ability to beat his uh, man, the the crossing ability, the kind of the ability that he has in the ball, isn't something that you can then take out of the team and then put in Richarlison, or so we thought. And I do think that we changed the way that we did play. I think when the team came out, I kind of thought maybe Kane would play as a ten, and Richarlison and and Son would play as the uh, like you know the, the the two forwards. And actually, what happened is we played quite similarly to the way that we do with Kulisevsky, just a bit different. I think Kane was linking up with Richarlison very well um, and Richarlison was looking to play passes. Kane was looking to play passes. I thought the interplay between the the front three was seemed more fluid than it had done um, in, the past, in, the, in the past four games. I think it looked good in the Southampton game, which is why I don't include that. Um, I think that, you know... Like you said, if if Richardson really brought out the best of Son in that game, and I thought besides um, missing probably a, a chance that he should put away, Son had his best game this season. Um, and so that's only going to be a positive. Um, yeah, it's hard not to fall in love with Richardson. Um, just just the little things he does on the pitch. That just karate the, kick that should have been his first goal. That, yeah, that was yeah. insane. Just, just the... Just, he has the flair to him. That's, that's a player with confidence as well. Yeah. And and we were saying it on the last part. It's kind of, it's funny. I don't want to, you know, self-congratulate and pat ourselves on the back. But we were talking about the confidence of him in comparison to the confidence of Gabriel Jesus. That they just want to try things. Um, and obviously they move, they move club, you move club. And you always think it's going to go one or two ways. The classic is going to take them a year to bed into the team and then we'll really start to see the best of them. Or they're just going to hit the ground running. And it's weird because we're talking about Richardson as if he scored all our goals this season. He's got two assists, no goals as of yet. We, the, the, the difference in having that ability to bring him on or to, to, to drop Son or to drop Kulisevsky, even drop, not drop Kane, but rest Kane is something that we've been missing for so many seasons. Like, I can't stress how many seasons we missed being able to bring on someone with quality that isn't Lorente, although I do miss him and love him. Yeah, or Carlos Messias. 
or Carlos Vinicius or anyone of that. You know, do you know what I mean? Vincent Janssen, all of these players yeah. that we tried to bring in to be a backup to Kane, and they've all been absolutely cack. They've been absolute ponies. Well, well, so, well I'm not. I'm not having Lorente in there. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, well, not okay, I'm, not, I agree, I'm not talking about Lorente as if he's a bad player, but the drop Janssen, off. In the, the drop-off in quality from, from Kane to any of those players is astounding. We should start a media campaign to get Richarlison's goal added back on, I reckon. Start, <laughs> start a petition and get the yellow card rescinded as well. That's what I want to happen. What, um, what, what I loved is that everyone was giving him a lot of stick for for the getting the yellow card and the goal disallowed and taking his shirt off. and There, there was a bit of a, a mockery on Twitter of his behaviour. And the same happened to Martinelli the next day. He's yeah. whipping out the whipping out the salute. It instant instant karma that instant karma that was. Um, let's. Um, I, I was gonna get onto the wing backs as well, but um, I ca- I kind of don't really feel like coating off our players right now. Um, I thought Emerson had a good performance for his standards. Maybe not compared to what we want from a wing back, but he was actually good. This is the thing when I when I completely turn on Emerson he he pulls out a performance that's acceptable that's that's the problem that's what always happens um Sessegnon I actually I thought he was diabolical in in that first half the second half he was a bit better but um yeah I said I wasn't gonna slag off our players but uh, I have the problem I don't think he was as bad as he said he was man he wasn't good he wasn't good yeah I've seen worse performances by him. I've also seen I've also seen worse performances by better players, um, uh, like in in our in our team, even like this season. And so I do think that like whilst he wasn't, do you know, I, do you know what it is? Do you know what makes the the performance worse? Is because we we see we see Perisic for the last four games being mm. so much better than that, so much more aggressive, so much more end product. Um, and I think maybe the drop, like the, the going from that to, to Session, which you know, perhaps, you know, he's still kind of getting to grips with this new role, and I and I do think that he's learning a lot. Um, I also do think that, like, I don't think they were good players, but Kenny Tete and and Decordova Reed do are two players that do possess quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of pace. I don't think they're that great players, but there is a there is that kind of you know tentativeness to get forwards and also you do have to remember that Longley is starting his first game. I do think that potentially that there was an instruction for Intersignon to maybe be a little bit more conservative in that game just to protect uh, Longley a bit against that pace uh, against the potential overload on that side. So you know you never know. I do think again that he was so good against Southampton that we know that his capabilities are, are a lot better than what how he performed in that, that last game. Um, but, you know, when we have Perisic um, fit and firing and ready to, to go as a different option, you go with that in your, in your best team. Yeah. And we can see that in that team, we were rotating as much as we, as much as you can for the Prem. Yeah. The, the think, issue, the right issue that I have with, Oh, sorry, guys, man, go on. No, I was going to wrap up. So, so you go ahead, Aaron. Uh, wrap up for the first half. That is the, the issue that I have with with Emerson is that despite his own performances being, in my mind, unacceptable, and I I try and defend players as much as possible, but his, his performances are not are not good enough. 
And you compare that to the level that Doherty was at before Matty Cash murdered him. Like, Doherty was at an unreal, his best, in the best form of his Tottenham career. Cosmo and I saw his world-class performance against Everton, like, 10 metres away from where he was standing. He was special. Where he was playing. We were literally sat on the, on the touchline and Doherty was on our, <laughs> on our side for the for some absolutely outstanding pieces of play. Zidane-esque, I think we said at the time. It, what, it was unreal. It was unplayable from right wing back for, for that game. And with, with with that in mind, that being our last memory of, of Doherty at, at actually playing games, and we know that the form that, that Spence was at, albeit in the championship, which is a level below, but it's still a very tough league. Like that That's what Emerson is currently chilling in front of. And I, I just feel like they haven't been given a a fair crack at the the first team, and I know we've got a lot of a lot of fixtures to come, and we've got like two in about eight days or three fixtures in about eight days um, coming up soon, or it might even be less than that, um, or less days than that. But I just think that Emerson is playing far too much when when we've got two other quite clear right wing backs waiting to go. Obviously, we had a little bit of an experiment with Lucas playing there, which I don't think is going to happen again. Um, and there's been no exploration of Perisic really playing there, but I think it's still probably an option. Mm. But I, I just think that Emerson is long overdue a rest. A, a rest, God damn. Rest. That's, yeah, that's yeah, it's kind of like you're trying to put him out to pasture. Yeah, that, <laughs> that sounded like a euphemism if I've ever heard. <laughs> long rest. Uh, <laughs> long, long rest. I do think if we, as long as we have options, as long as we have like a Spence and we have Spence and Doherty just waiting in the wings, no pun intended. Um, no pun it just, intended. It, it just it just begs like we don't have to play Emerson every game. It's not like a situation where um, you know when we had one right back um, and then you're just left with like when when Walker left and we were just left with Trippier um, as like our, our single like functional right back. Twelve um, year old Kyle Walker Peters. Yeah, exactly. And 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 a Kyle Walker Peters that that Poch uh, just refused to play. So um I do think whilst we have the options there, we should we should take them because there's gonna be a part there's gonna be there's gonna be times in the season where Emerson can't play and then they need to actually be able to play. You can't just throw them in there. I, I think he's kind of like a social experiment by Conte. He he's he always says we have to learn to love to suffer. And he's doing that by continually playing Emerson in every single game until he physically is incapable of, of even walking out onto the pitch. But imagine what, what Chelsea fans felt when Victor Moses was starting every game. Yeah, but he was class though. Yeah, but but can you imagine at the beginning? I mean, it was amazing. Beginning for Emerson, but can you imagine just seeing him every week? Yeah, I know, but he, he adjusted quite quickly. Emerson's had... But he like forty games now, wasn't he? <laughs> How many more chances is he gonna get? Uh, we're definitely gonna be carved now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go to a break. Okay, back in the Champions League on Wednesday, and we're playing against Marseille. Um, I just saw a tweet here that of the lineup the last time we played in the Champions League, just before the coronavirus. Um, it almost makes you think like the coronavirus and this lineup was all just a massive fever dream because <laughs> it, it was shocking, man. Larice is in there somewhere. It's, it's a back three, yeah? So the recent goal, you got Alderweireld left centre-back, Dyer centre, central centre-back, Tanganga on the right, Woof. 
Serge Aurier right wing back, Harry Winks and Lo Celso in a pivot. My God. A young Ryan Sessignon pre Hoffenheim loan, left wing back. Then you've got Lucas left inside forward, Eric Lamella right inside forward, Deli Alley nine. (laughs) That is appalling. That is appalling. So we've come a long way. We've come a long way. That's nightmare fuel, man. I can't I can't believe that that lineup actually played a match, never mind a Champions League match. That is nuts. Um What was the score in that game? Do you know? We lost 3-0, I think. Was it to, was it RB Leipzig? Leipzig, yeah. Oh god. They were not even that good. Yeah, like at the time I remember they thinking oh, that they're gonna be nah, good. But like Angelino scored or something like that. Yeah, I bet Werner got a couple as well. I mean Yeah, he did, he did for sure. Criminal, criminal. But um yeah, back in the Champions League against Marseille. Um, I was wondering how much would you guys rotate for this? Because obviously, you know, that goes to show that we've been out of it, been out of this competition for a while. We want to start strongly, particularly when we are the best team on paper in a group. We do want to lay down a marker, but then we're playing the absolute juggernaut that is Manchester City. Um, what is it? Four days later. So what changes would you guys make? Who would you like to see come in? Um, and how are you feeling about being back in the Champions League as well? I, I'm so excited. I've been saying this on like for the last couple of weeks that I'm equally excited as I am trepidatious about the like getting back into the Champions League. I think we forget that the last time that we were in the Champions League, yeah, I think it was the last time we were in the Champions League, um, there was a period where we won one of our 10 games after the Champions League tie. That is something that's completely outrageous. Like, and if you think about you think about Conte, Conte's records in Europe and how um, historically his teams have struggled after European ties or even in European competitions, we have to temper our expectations of potentially, you know, how far we can go in this tournament, but also just like how seriously he wants to take this competition because I do think that we on paper we should be you know winning this group and in reality we're talking about a Marseille team that uh, and I'm sure you would say this um, have not lost a single game this season five wins and one draw um, obviously you know Ligue 1 is not the Premier League it's not a yeah. Champions League yeah. even Europa let, League let, let me just interject Quickly, because you and Jed were losing your mind in the chat, and then I googled to see what their scores have been, and they've played people called Clermont Foot and Brest. Okay, yeah, I'm just saying, where would those teams come in, in our league? I know, but you're and, and also on, on that, all, all of those teams other than Clermont Foot are bottom half of their of the French league. So I'm looking at it right now. Clermont Foot are the only team that they haven't got a positive record either, but three wins, three losses. None of those teams that Marseille have, have played have won more than they have lost and drawn. So I'm not I'm not saying that the French League is a farmers league. I'm just saying that they aren't they aren't the elite of the French League they have played against. Don't get me wrong, we, we need to still make sure that we, we turn up and we feel that a team that is going to win the game at home. But let's let's not get overexcited with, with Marseille's form. We've got a that's, that's not even got to be in our minds. We've got yeah, to go in and turn up. About, to me, it's not about the team that they're playing against. Similarly to Arsenal, similarly to maybe even us, although we have played some decent opposition, it's about Definitely. building momentum. 
Mm, it's about building right. momentum into a Champions League tie. And then you've got two teams that are now unbeaten in their domestic leagues. And that just breeds confidence. And then on the Champions League stage, you do play 10, 15% better. There is that kind of, you do want to perform on the biggest stage of the, uh, you know, that you that you can play on a cl- at club level. And looking at their lineup again, maybe I'm giving this too much thought, but looking at their lineup, you have you have like players like Alexis Sanchez, Guendouzi, Tavares, uh, like all former Arsenal players, and you've got Dimitri Payet, just players that have actually like played against us and will not be will not be not accustomed to to the way that we play or the or the aggression of an English team. I do think that they're a decent outfit. On paper, we're 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 a better side, but we've seen in in Europe that we sometimes are slow to start, and we and we do kind of we do play in the back foot a little bit, and especially with the way that we played um, under Conte, where we have surrendered possession a bit, we do just have to be careful. And so, with with that in mind, I do I do want to see uh, I do want to see some some uh, rotation maybe. Assuming back in there, you know, give him the opportunity to 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 have to have a clean slate to try again. Um, I do want to see some some players uh, get get rested, in my opinion, because playing against City is, is tough mm. to follow a European game. Um, yeah, it's. It, I don't want to be down about it. I'm super excited to be back in the Champions League. I just yeah. want to balance that excitement with. Maybe tempering expectations. Maybe I'm being yeah. negative. Yeah, no, 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 no. They are a good team. I, I was kind of, I was kind of making a bit of a joke to be honest by saying that. Yeah, they've played people like Claremont and and, and Brest, but um, yeah, I mean they they are a good team and they play good football, good high pressing football. So I'm sure it will be a challenge. Look, any team in the Champions League is going to be a good team. Um, we have to be ready for it. I'm not saying go in there and like rotate the whole team by any means. Um, but Eddie, like you said, I, I would like to see Pesuma come back in. We can't keep playing Emerson. I'm not even just saying that because he's not very good. Like he literally <laughs> can't. <laughs> he can't. Like no, no one can just play every game in a position that's as physically demanding as as wing back. Um, so. Would you guys? I, I don't know if I'd throw in Doherty. I'd like to see him. He's got to come in at some point. We can't save him until we play like Burton in Carabao Cup fifth round or whatever. Like he's got a he's got a place at some point, right? And also, yeah. j- just before you jump in, Aaron, I want to know what you guys would do with Perisic. Do you want him to come in against Marseille or do you want to save him for C? That's exactly what I was thinking. I I, I think that Perisic will start in the week. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to see that. But I, I think that he, he will start against Marseille on, on Wednesday night. And I wouldn't be surprised if Emerson stays in. But also, I, we know it won't be Spence. He's not going to get his, his first start in the Champions League. He's not going to get his no. first start against City. He's probably, as you said, going to get his first start against Burton whenever that time comes. Or whoever we get in the FA Cup third round or whatever. He's not playing for, for months. But uh, Doherty needs to get in at some point because it's not fair that Emerson gets to play all these games and not get rotated. Someone else needs to get in, but I do think that Perisic is going to start. Um, I think Basuma may as well, um, purely because um, we can't keep 
just with Bentancur and, and Hoybier all the time. I think we'll want to play those uh, that that pairing against City. Um, it, it's a shame that Skip isn't at a full fitness because if a full fit Oliver Skip, I, I think he's tussling to get into that that first team. I, I think he's well, I rate him very highly, and I just think that when Hoybier was having a bit of a hobble a couple of games ago, it wasn't even Skip that was getting warmed up. It was mm. Saar. Yeah. which just suggests that he's still, despite being in a couple of squads, he, he's not ready. And I think that couldn't come soon enough because I, I think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and I would like to see him in the in the team in the near future. But as far as rotation goes, we, we know that uh, Lloris Romero-Dyer will start, without a doubt. We know that Kane will start. As far as everyone else, I'm not... Well, and Ben and Hoybier as well. I think Hoybier, everyone else. Hoybier is definitely going to start. I, I think everyone else. Well, yeah, Hoybier is definitely going to start. I think everyone else is up for contention. I think Basuma will come in for Benton Kerr, but everyone else is up for up for discussion. Um, but the the good thing I I feel with our squad currently is that you could swap all of those for their their second in in waiting if you want, and the team doesn't dip as much as it would have done previously. If you look at year, years gone by, even that last Leipzig. That, let's not repeat that. The, the the team that played in the last Champions League game, that's unforgivable. And even if this stage last year, we're, we're, there was one point where I think we brought on Ben Davis because we didn't have any attacking subs to bring on. So we brought on uh, at left back. Just unlocked a memory for me because I, uh, yeah. I do remember that very clearly. It did happen. Uh, it, was, it was unreal. I remember thinking, oh, well, maybe. Like bringing on skips. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I like it's, it's a good. I, I like Skip a lot as well. Um, it's a good point though. It's a, it's a good kind of thing. It's a good dilemma because the Prem's so competitive this year that there's no easy game to throw anyone into. Um, like even going into that Fulham game, people were like, well, Fulham are looking really good. Fulham could actually beat Spurs. So you don't want to be making changes, and it does make me think: How do you get someone like Skip? fit again how do you get someone like Doherty fit again because they haven't really had proper pre-seasons as well um and obviously there is like a packed fixture list but the fixture list is packed with Champions League Premier League Champions League Premier League I don't if Doherty is still feeling the effects of of this knee injury I don't want him coming in for a high stakes game If, Mm. if, if Conte doesn't think he's good enough and that's a little dilemma I think this kind of going under the radar a little bit. Um, and maybe that's why he's reluctant to use the bench as well, Conte, because he has been criticised a lot for that. Um, Eddie, of the the front four, who who are you going to put in? Who are you going to save for City? So, for me, Kulisevsky goes back in. Um, just simply because he is like, if I was to name three characteristics or three qualities that Kulisevsky has. It's uh, quality in the final third, decision-making, and his energy. I think those three things that make up Kulisevsky, um, and I think that just that kind of boundless energy that he can bring, especially because he was um, he, he dropped out of the side on the weekend, it's just going to be super important because we know what we're going to be like, especially in a game where... If you if you if we're not going to win, we don't want to lose. Obviously, that's every game, but uh, with the, with the Champions League especially, you just will always want to be in the mix because it can go to the last match day, and you know three or four teams like we saw in that Real Madrid uh, group a few seasons ago 
you, you know, you can be going from fourth to first in the final match day. Um, so I do think that energy that that Kulisevsky can bring in terms of springing from the counter-attack, driving up the pitch, he, that will be important. And then for me, uh, the person that goes in for for that goes out for Kulisevsky is Son. Um, I think he had a good performance on the weekend. And so that's not the reason why I wouldn't start him. The reason why I I think Son comes out of the of the uh, of the starting lineup is because he's so good uh, against City. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that's a fixture that he thrives in, a fixture that he loves playing in, a fixture that he's basically been a thorn in their side every time he's played um, a, against them. And and so if you if you to to go on that, you'd you'd want. Uh, you you basically want Son to play that game no, at at any cost, maybe even dropping him completely from the Marseille game and having him start on the bench. What I think, uh, what I think, um, Conte is going to do is probably play Kane, Kulusevski, and Son, um, and then play them again against City, and then possibly play them again against City. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I think, think he's in a slogging mood up. right now. Maybe Richardson comes in early, 55, 60 minutes for one of them. But yeah. I do think he's going to start with those three. Yeah, and I think he's going to throw Emerson. I, I, think, I honestly think he's going to play Emerson until he breaks, personally. That's the way I see it now. It's, it's, it, you, you are taught, you, both of you really did bring up an interesting point about how Spence doesn't seem very close to starting a game and Doherty's clearly not 100% match fit. And so throwing them in in a Champions League game or a game against City just seems incomprehensibly an incomprehensibly bad decision just from any kind of man, man management. Um, if I remember clearly, Serge Aurier got sent off in his first Premier League game. Um, so you don't want a repeat of that. You know, an own goal, a red card, giving away a penalty, something like that. You don't want that. Just, just from like, the excitement of starting your first game. Because that can happen, um, especially with someone who's who's as junior as as Spence, even though yeah. he has had so many games. Tanganga uh, Palace away as well. So it just shows what can happen if for a young player when they get overexcited. It's it's not even that, yeah, it's not even that they put in bad performances, but it's that overzealousness, overexcitement, and then overaggressiveness, and then suddenly you're a man down in the Champions League game or an important league game, and it's a scrap, and you don't want that. And you don't want that to be their the start to their career. Sessignon as well in the Conference League, he got sent off, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it probably is a bad omen throwing a wing back in the Champions League like straight away. But yeah, I think it's got it's got to be dirty at some point. But maybe we'll ease them in. And then Leicester is on the horizon. I think Leicester is. Well, no, there'll be another Champions League game Sport, before sporting that. Sporting right? before then, yeah, yeah. This is nuts, man. It's, this it's is sporting nuts. away as well. We're going yeah. to Lisbon, off to Portugal. Yeah, lovely place. I, I think Lisbon. just finishing on on Marseille and City. I, I'd I'd prefer the the Eddie lineup to Ayad's predicted Conte lineup. I, I'd I'd prefer that Richarlison started again on Wednesday and Son started at the weekend. Purely because I, I think if you're a Man City defender, in in your in your psyche somewhere is is nightmares of Son, because 100%. it's 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 100%. in there. 
and and I think if 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 Conte's man management is is what it should be, he he's selling to Son. You're you're being mm. rested to go and absolutely hit home against City. It's an easy sell, done. I think. Yeah, and we, and we, I think it's the, easy it's the easiest game to drop or rest Son for all all season, and I I think Conte needs to take that opportunity. It's an easy choice for easy choice for Conte because Richarlison is chomping at the bit and it's an easy sell as Cosi just said because City's City's what's waiting and if he scores a handful against against City you can play your next Champions League against Sporting like you're straight back in you've you've written off the the haters that wanted to sell him hashtag Jed and <laughs> shots that, shots yeah and and then then we, we if anyone said at the beginning of the season that Son's going to go a few games about scoring, we know that. Like we, we've called him streaky before. This this is obviously a, a little little research before we came on air, but he this is a longer streak of, of out goals, a longer longer drought you could say. But if you if you told us at the beginning of the year that that Son was a player that has goes a few games about scoring and scores a handful. That's not a surprise to any Spurs fan. That mm. you you know that his goals come in, in batches, and I think that we we need to, we need to be patient. And his his goals will come. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And if 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 I was a betting man, then you, you may wish to bet upon on scoring against Manchester City. Um, but yeah, we've got yeah Sporting and then Leicester, and I think it's an international international break after that. Yeah, um, I do want to close up. Um, yeah, end the show soon. But Conte did mention that he wants to rest Kane within the next few games. Um, I don't really see any game that that's possible, apart from Leicester at home, probably. <laughs> Even that's quite a long way away, and it's. I do worry about his minutes a little bit. Um, I do worry about the chance of picking up an injury. Aaron, you've just mentioned an international break as well. He's going to play 90 minutes in both of those probably or a significant chunk at least because Southgate's going to have to prepare England for the World Cup and he's going to have to play strong teams. So he's going to need his minutes managed soon. Um, Maybe the best way to do that is in-game, get some goals, get a lead against Marseille, take him off. I mean, to be fair, we did do that. He came off on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. He came off really early, didn't he? For for Earlier than he usually does. Yeah, for Kane, yeah. Which is which is which was a uh, which is quite nice to see. I think he came off around the seventy minute mark, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like something that we just haven't done. Like even when we're winning three three nil four nil, we haven't seen to take off Kane, which sometimes is baffling. So I think yeah, I, I agree. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, but um, managing Kane's minutes is going to be super important in the very near future. I think yeah. So so as you mentioned, the the international break, he is going to play a lot. I know that there, I may be one of the few international football fans out there. I don't know how many listeners are are fans of of international football, but we're, we're in in the Nations League, we're, we're playing uh, Italy and Germany, so so two sides that are obviously going to field their their strongest 11s as well. Especially since he's not that, going to the World Cup. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, that's true. But you just know that that Southgate isn't gonna, he's not gonna rest Kane against Italy and Germany. This, yeah. These aren't these aren't San Marinos we're talking about. He's he's gonna be playing in those games because he's gonna be hunting down that that Rooney, that Rooney tally. If you want to play, 
Exactly. I, th- I think that's part of the reason why he hasn't been subbed off in, in games previously. We're talking about a game off in the 70th minute. I think a lot of why he hasn't been substituted in games earlier is his his lust for goals and his, his yeah, love for, for trying to chase the Can he just have that for Spurs and not for England, please? Like, honestly. Um, the, there, is one, there is one dilemma that I was thinking about earlier, you know, when I was in the midst of, of love for Richarlison and I was daydreaming about him pretty much. I was thinking... What happens in the World Cup? Let's just say an example semi final. Richarlison completely fucks over England. Completely fucks over England. I, I, I don't know. Say he like stamps on someone's balls, gets away with it on VAR, and then he goes in, scores like a last minute tap in, does the pigeon <laughs> celebration. How, well, we saw, how would people you know, deal with that? No, but Mane did, Mane did this, you know, Mane and Salah were in the African Cup of Nations final. Um, I'm thinking more fans, though, Eddie. Ah, fair. Uh, Let's cross that bridge if we can do it. I'm speaking it into existence. I'm the only Englishman still standing up on the child. That's a curse curse situation, man. I'd stand up for a Charleston over Harry Maguire, put it that way. I don't care (laughs) if he plays for the the nation I was born in. Um, Yeah. How easily my loyalty can be bought or earned. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a um, shit house footballer, then yeah. Just That's one it. thing before we before we wrap up, we've talked a lot about Tottenham uh, against City. How do we feel about City this season, though? Um, because personally, because obviously my dad, I've been watching quite a lot of City, um, yeah. and man, they just look very, very good with a different dimension to what they've had previously, because you think about all the qualities that they had prior. Mm. And then maybe the thing that you're, that you kind of had in the back of your mind is like, they don't really have that focal point. And so, you know, it was kind of, if you force them wide and, and uh, don't prevent them from playing in the middle, you can kind of maybe take out some of that threat because they can't really, there's no one in there to cross to. And that's completely changed this season. Um, and I do think that whilst they are still as exploitative as before, um, perhaps even more so this season, I do think that like it's going to be a really tough challenge against Haaland. Uh, yeah, they are scary with that monster up front. They're going to be scary. But I've been scared of City every single time we've gone into playing them. And we've gone into playing them when I've when we've had much worse managers, when we've been in much worse form and we've still got results. So I I just, I've got to that point now where I feel like this is like it's football heritage that we can go there and, and get a result. Like it's almost the opposite of Spursiness right now. Like I am actually quite confident in our ability to go there and get a result and it's going to be I mean, hard. I mean, opposite of me, my dad's opposite of me. He, he's like, you're going to win. You're gonna win. We all of their fans feel like that. I saw it on Twitter today. So, and I think we are the antithesis of them stylistically, and I think we set up well against it. I think a Conte team can set up well against a Pep team. Hopefully, not famous last words because they're a great team. Don't get me wrong, Eddie. Like they're every single time I play them, I'm terrified. That's my point. I don't like. I just don't like the idea of, of absorbing that much pressure. Especially but, like after a Champions League tie. But do you not think that we're quite well equipped to 
the way we've been defending this season, like the amount of blocks we've been getting in, are we maybe kind of prepared for someone like Haaland in a way, a penalty? Do you think aerially all mm, like our defenders area, are better yeah. than him? Like, I do think Romero's decent in the air. Like, I'm going to laugh, but probably Sanchez is our best defender in the air. I'm not even joking. Just in terms of like aerially, he, he gets up really high. He can sometimes be bullied a bit physically. But I do think that between Dyer, Davies, perhaps, who might play, and Romero, I don't think we're equipped aerially. Um, we saw Haaland dominate yeah. against players like Tyrone Mings, who, if you're going to say he has one quality, it's that he's aggressive or good in the air. Um, and and uh, that's where his qualities maybe end. Um, <laughs> yes, but... that's exactly where they end. <laughs> and, but But what I'm saying is that, you know, he he can exploit a weakness in us. Now, what I don't think he'll do is we're not going to get done on you know on a on a counter track or as a high line because we don't do that. But all of his goals have been inside the box, so I'm just a bit worried. Um, again, look, we can go there and win a three one or two nil, and I, I, I sound like an idiot if we go back retrospectively and listen to this pod. But I am slightly more worried this season than I was in previous seasons. They are favourites about before that. We, what we, do you think we start I'm... thinking about... Oh, sorry. Just before we start thinking about wrapping up, because obviously we, we've been speaking about how we're going to rotate our side and make sure everyone's getting into the team for the, the Champions League game and then the City game. They've got the same situation. They've, they're going away to Sevilla. So they, they've got the same... I know their squad is obviously far different to ours, but they're having the same conversations about who, who they're going to start, who they're going to rest. And they can rest anyone, man. Like that, they, that, they I know, rest, but there's this. They rest they're still Harlan and they bring on Alvarez. They rest Bernardo Silva. They can bring on. They can bring in Jack Grealish. It's. It, I, I don't even know what to do, man. <laughs> they they brought Manuel and Kanji on 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 deadline day, like and and so now they again now they have four centre backs that you can you can, maybe you don't play a Kanji and Ake together in a Champions League game, but I do think and then. Someone like Calvin Phillips, who obviously isn't fit yet, but like the rotation that they're able to do about the drop-off in quality is slightly different to us. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But they're owned by a nation state. All we can hope for is that our <laughs> records and football heritage is going to get us through and judge or whatever. And We'll take judge. We'll take it. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul Pogba, where are you at, bro? Paul <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doctor, baby. That stuff is mad. That stuff is absolutely mad. Um, and that's football heritage. Yeah, that is. That <laughs> is. I think we'll wrap it up there. So if you made it this far, um, follow us on Spotify. Um, so you're notified when we release an episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it just really does help us um, kind of get the word out there. And also give us a follow on the socials at N17Pod. Um, thanks for listening and thanks for joining me, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. See you in a bit, guys. And thank you for joining me, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Nice to have you back, Aaron. Oh, I don't know. It's been a few weeks. Maybe months. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs>